we need the anointing of God. The anointing is that divine enablement of the Holy Ghost or the power of God to operate and function in our life. And some of us men need the anointing of God on our life to really be our father. We need the anointing of God in our life. Some of us business people, we need an anointing. You can go through the motion, and I don't want to go through the motion. You should want to be anointed. You're listening to the Anointed Leadership Podcast with Terry Lynn Scott. Subscribe today to start cultivating more leadership anointing in your life. Now here's your host, Terry Lynn Scott. Everyone, welcome to the Anointed Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Terry Linscott. Thank you for joining me today. If you'll do me a favor, if this is your first time, hit the subscribe button from wherever you're listening from. Also, if this stuff helps you, the content that's going to be presented here helps you. If you'll do me a favor, hit a review and give me those five stars. I believe that helps every person on the podcast platform to increase and to be better and to know what's going on. I really appreciate the input. I also really appreciate your support. Last thing is, before we get started, if this really helps you and it really is affecting and adding value to your life, I would really appreciate it if you would just share it with some of your friends, some some people that this stuff might add value to their life as well, uh, as we all grow to become the best leader that we can be. Uh, As I said, it's the Anointed Leadership uh, Podcast, and in this whole thought process is we all have potential, but with the help of the Holy Ghost and the anointing of God, we can even be better in because of the anointing and the power of God than we can in our own abilities. Uh, and so we're here today talking to you about leadership principles, uh, asking the help of the Holy Ghost to get upon us, to enable us to do what God has anointed us to do. Amen. Listen, today we're talking about we can only change what we are willing to confront. Have you ever had this uh, thought in your business, in your home, in your church, uh, whatever it is you have leadership over, and you kept seeing the same thing over and over, and you would say to yourself, man, I really wish they would stop doing it that way. I really wish that thing would change. Why do we always do it this way? Why can't we figure out that thing is not working? I don't know about you, but I've said that numerous times over my years of leadership. And I've realized this one thing that that thing that I wish would change will never change unless I, as the leader, confront that thing. And so many times we look at things and we we go through things and we see things in our business. We see things in our church. We see things in our family. We see them in any uh, uh, sphere of influence that we have. And we do say to ourselves sometimes, man, I wish things would be better. I wish they would do it differently. I wish uh, we wouldn't continually do the same thing. And it's insanity, right? To do, to do something the same way, expect a different result. But in, in leadership and in any successful uh, business, any successful church, uh, they've always got to have these hard conversations. I think confrontation has had a bad rap. I think the word confrontation has this negative connotation with it that it creates bitterness, it creates strife, it creates more problems in the mindset of some than actually good that it should hap- should, should bring to us. The reality, in my opinion, uh, confrontation is a healthy and liberating activity that brings greater success and progress to whatever uh, has been confronted. And I think that's the thing I want to talk to you about today is, is whatever you're willing to confront is what you will change. But what you won't confront 
will never change. And as a leader, we have to realize that it's our responsibility as a leader to confront some things, to bring about change in certain things, to see greater success and greater progress uh, in whatever we're leading in our life, whether it's business, an entrepreneur, you're a manager, or you're a, a pastor of a church, you're a team leader, whatever that is, whatever you're unwilling to confront will never change. And so we have to realize that. I want to talk to you real quick. We know what leadership is. We've heard it this way. We say leadership is simply influence. I believe that. I believe it's, it's, that's what leadership is. We're influencing people to become a better version of themselves. We're, 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 we're influencing people to stretch themselves, to, to grow in every area of their life. But I also believe that leadership is training. It's not just influence. It's not just showing up on the scene and influencing a situation, but it's training. Leadership is training. Leadership is also a position. And, and though we don't like to have titles and positions, but leadership is a position. I know that simply because of being a leader, uh, and now that I'm the senior pastor, and because of my position, people look to me because I hold a position. It is a position, and that position can be abused or it can be used. It can be uh, uh, unsuccessful or it can be very successful. It all depends on me, the individual. Leadership is also power. And I think that's what we have to realize is it is powerful. We can abuse people and we can abuse our power. We can abuse the authority. I, let me just give you an example like uh, refereeing. I, I, I've refereed soccer for many years and, and uh, coached soccer, played soccer. And one of the things that I never liked about specific referees is that when you put a whistle in their mouth, they just blow it just to prove that they are in charge. That, that's the abuse of power. A referee should be uh, heard and not seen. Right. And, and that's it. Just the whistle blown. But they shouldn't be dramatic in their decisions and in confrontation with players and coaches and fans. And that abuse of a power actually not only happens on a field, but it also happens in business. It happens in church. It even happens in family. Leadership's not only influence, training, position and power, but it is also responsibility. I'm talking to you, don't lose, lose track, is we can only change what we're willing to confront, but we have to realize leadership is responsibility. It's simply this responsibility. The buck stops here. Whatever we don't like, whatever is unsuccessful in our life, whatever is unsuccessful in our church, unsuccessful in our business, unsuccessful on our teams, the buck stops with the leader, not with the one the, the, the task has been assigned. And as a leader, it's my responsibility to, to see that success and progress comes about. We got to realize everything we do and say will determine the outcome of our business, the development of the people, the resolve of problems, as well as, this is the key one, as well as people being attracted to us or, uh, or wanting to run from us. Everything I do and everything I say, talking about whatever you're willing to confront is what you can change. And there's a way to confront these things. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. The content I'm bringing you is how do you, how do you confront situations and issues with people to find the greatest level of success emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and as well as financially in your business, in your church, and anything that you lead. How do you do that? We have to realize that we as the leader, the buck stops with us, and how we handle situations will determine the outcome, not just the bottom line, but the outcome of that person's life, outcome of our teams, outcome of our business success in general. We got to realize this one thing, problems don't just go away, 
they must be resolved. We cannot just say that, well, there's a problem, I'm going to ignore it, and hopefully it'll go away, and next, and next week it'll be better. No, no, no. Problems will never go away. They'll keep doing the same thing over and over, and, and they'll never go away. They'll keep doing the same thing over and over. They'll never go away. They'll keep doing the same thing over and over. See, I'm not a broken record, and it's not skipping, but that's exactly what it's like when we just ignore something. It has to be resolved. Every problem, whether it's small or large, must be resolved. The last point I'm going to say about this whole thing is whatever we don't confront will always repeat itself. Whatever I'm not willing to confront, it will repeat itself. And, and to me, it's one of the most liberating things in my mind as a leader is I have to confront certain things. I have to, uh, I have, to have some hard conversations at times. Every successful business, every successful church has had hard conversations. They, don't, they try to steer away from it, but until the moment they have that hard conversation, they won't find that great level of success. And I want to talk to you about that. I think that sometimes we won't confront things. Uh, for, for I wrote a bunch of things down, but just from my heart, I want to talk to you about these things is we don't confront things because in our mind, we imagine things like this. We're going to cause them to cry and sob and scream and, and oh my gosh, they're going to go tell everybody that I'm a terrible person and I'm not that great of a boss. They're going to get on Google. They're going to write a horrible review about me, about my business, about my church, because I confronted something and, and, uh, how, how dare I do that? I can't do this because I, I, I'm just not, I'm not sure that I'll ever have more clients. I'm not sure if I'm a pastor that more people are going to come to my church now because they saw this review. Uh, maybe they'll file a lawsuit or maybe this one, watch they'll quit and I'll be shorthanded. I think these are a lot of reasons why we won't confront, but the reality is whatever I don't confront, will never be changed and whatever I don't confront will always repeat itself and whatever we're willing to confront we can change but whatever we won't confront will never change and I'm just talking to you about those things there's a right way there's a wrong way listen you cannot confront things like a bull in a china shop <laughs> you're going to have even more problems you're going to have a lot more broken stuff you're going to have a lot more uh, issues on your hands than just confronting the situation and so today I want to talk to you about some things I want to talk to you about how do you confront how do you confront people how do you confront situations to to generate and create the greatest level of success for your future not for your today but for your future Whatever you won't confront today will affect your tomorrow. And you have to be willing to confront even the littlest of things because the littlest things will begin to snowball and create bigger problems in our, in our business. It'll create bigger problems in our churches. It'll create big, bigger problems on our teams. Whatever that looks like, it will create major problems. I want to talk to you four things that I'm going to say real quick is about setting the stage as the leader. This isn't so much how to confront it, but as the leader, I have to ask four questions uh, before I'll confront a situation. The first question I'm going to ask is, did I train them properly? Did I give them enough instruction? Did I give them enough training to, to be able to, to deal with the problems, to deal with the assigned task, to deal with all of these things? If I did not do the proper training, then I have to repent to be able to fix it. I can't put the blame on them until I've questioned myself. Have I set it up? And what we think about training isn't, I told you once, now you should know. That's not training. We all know that. So what, what, have, I, what, what have I put in place to help them do their job where we don't have these problems all the time, right? So here's the first question. Did I, did I give them enough training? Now, the second question is, do they understand their assigned task? 
do they comprehend properly what I ask them to do as the leader or the assigned task to them? And how do you know that? Well, you got to ask them that question. Ask them how they, what, what did they understand about the assignment? What did, was the instructions? Did they understand that? Do they comprehend it? That means when you assign a task to prevent it, you have to ask them to repeat it back to you to let them, let you know that they know exactly what they're supposed to be doing. So did I give them enough training? Do they understand the task? Number three, did I present them enough, the proper resources to accomplish the task or to, to accomplish the assigned uh, mission that they've been assigned? So did I train them? Do they understand it? Do they have all of the resources? So now here's the thing. My expectations could be higher than the resources that I've allotted to them. And if that's the case, then that's my problem and not their problem. And I need to confront that in me with the assigned resources that I've given to them. And the third, the fourth thing is, so look, my training, their understanding, the resources they've been given to them. And, and then the, here's the fourth one. To, before I confront them or the problem, I have to ask this question and I've got to deal with this. What is my parameter that I've set up? Is this personal or is this business? And I, I don't even like to deal with it that way, but it's, it's always going to be personal in the confrontation, but the attack can't be on the person. It has to be to the problem. And so I've got to go in with a mindset before I confront anybody. I've got to know, did I train them? Do they truly understand it? Do they have all of the resources? And here's the fourth one. What parameter am I setting up in my mind, no matter how they respond to me, that this is not personal? This is the, the attack on the problem and not the person. Now, if the person's the problem, it's how, how do you balance and discern that, that fine line? But the reality is you and I can deal with the problem, even if the person is the problem and still salvage that problem. Remember what I said? Everything you say and do will determine the outcome of how you develop people. How you handle them is going to determine that. Going into the confrontation, here's what I want to, I want to share with you tonight. To, to just take away thoughts, not just setting the stage. Remember, setting the stage is, did you train them? Do they understand it? Do they have the resources? And this is not personal, right? But here's thoughts that you got to deal with before you approach a person to confront this problem. Now, let, let's say in my church, I've confronted a lot of problems over the last year. And in the last three months, I've been confronting more problems with my team, with different people, because as I took over the church and I, I as the pastor, people getting to know me, my new role, their new role in my life, things like that. But over the last few months, I've been confronting a few more things. And I've realized these one things right here is that I got to ask myself, did I train them? Do they understand it? Do they have the resources? And this is not personal. We have to keep that relationship. But these are the things that I, I tell myself, Terry, this is what I tell them. Treat others with the utmost respect. Listen, the way they want to be treated, not the way I want to treat them. Because <laughs> see, if my ushers don't set my chairs properly or they don't put up the line dividers where they, where, where they go, and by the way, this has happened to me, is I want to get frustrated with the people because they didn't do what I asked them to do, but the problem is the line divider, not the person. Then I had to go back and ask those questions. Did we train them? Do they understand it? Do they have the resources? And listen, it's not personal. We're dealing with the problem. And so we had to ask that, but I had to do it in such a way that says, I'm going to treat them the way they want to be treated, not the way I want to treat them. Because there's been many times in my life as a leader that I would like to stick my hands on the neck of a certain one, right? And I apologize if this was offensive, but this is the way I feel. Doesn't mean I, I do it, but I want to choke just a minute, just a little squeeze, just enough, right, that they realize that this means business. 
But here's the thing. I got to go in with this is a person. Their future is, is in, the, in the process of how I handled this situation. They're sticking with me or they're going to hate me. They're going to love me or they're going to leave me. Is all in how I as the leader, remember I'm, leadership is influence. And I want to influence our volunteers in such a way that they don't ever want to leave me, but they always want to stick with me and they always want to help me do what God's called me to do. So I got to realize I got to treat people the way they want to be treated with utmost respect. And the second thing is we got to change this from an action of confrontation so I'm not confronting you with great strength and I'm the boss, but it's really, I'm, I'm going from action of confrontation to clarity. I want to bring clarity to a situation that's created a problem to make sure that that thing goes away, that we're all on the same page. We understand the mission and we understand the outcome of a certain thing. As a pastor of a church, listen, I got a ton of volunteers. I got a few paid staff and a ton of people that serve and they give of their time and their effort and their energy. And, and I'm grateful for that. But it's really, really tough to give your time energy for free in the mindset of man when you've got a, a, a boss mentality that's driving you and it's unappreciative of what, what you're doing, even though you're doing it wrong, that you're coming in because all they do is confront you about everything you've done wrong. So what I have to do is go from, I'm no longer going to confront you. I'm going to bring clarity to what we both want done and what the success we want from this mission. So I got to go in with that mindset. So look, set the stage. Did you train them? Do they understand? Do they have the resources? And this is not personal. We're going to deal with the problem, not the person. And before I go to have this confrontation, I want to realize these two things. I want to know that I'm going to treat them. Terry has to predetermine. I'm going to treat them with the utmost respect. And then I'm also going to bring clarity and not friction. Now, confrontation is always going to bring friction, but I'm going to bring clarity to the situation that they walk away feeling loved, encouraged, and very thankful that they had somebody in their life that wants to make sure it's done properly with excellence, right? So here, here's what we're dealing with. We set the stage. We got a couple of thoughts, but I want to leave you to, this is how we do this. This is what I've learned over the years. I've uh, been in almost 20 years of, of, of leadership. We're leading people. I mean, it's been almost 28 years, but real leadership where I've had the authority to do it has been about 20. I've learned seven key things that I want to talk to you about. How do you confront things to bring about change while bringing about great success and not losing people? I think the hardest thing for a pastor, and this is how I'm going to speak to it. If you're a business owner today or a leader and entrepreneur from another uh, line of work, you can still apply these principles, I believe, and, and find the great, same type of success. But when I'm dealing with so many leaders of, uh, that are volunteers that are really just giving everything for Christ, and, allow, and using the, our church and, and letting me come in and help lead them in the kingdom business, man, that's something to, to really to be humbled about. But it's also something that you want to be careful you don't crack the egg, right? Well, the reality, leadership is going to crack eggs. Leadership is going to create friction. And no matter what line it is, it's the reality. How you do it, everything you do and say will determine the outcome. Yeah, you need to confront. Yeah, you need to deal with things, but it's how we do it as leaders. It's how I do it. You're listening to me today. I'm talking, but you're engaged in this. It's how you do this. It's not how everybody else does it, but how do you do it will determine the outcome of this thing. The first thing is this. If we're going to confront, the first thing is you always do it in private. You do not do it publicly. We never belittle somebody. We never bring something major to somebody's attention in public. 
Now, you can be in public and do it privately by just a simple conversation that nobody knows, but most confrontation is going to be a two-way street, a dialogue, right, that's going to have both sides stating their, 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 their claim, but the reality, we got to come to an, a decision. So the best way to do it is in private. That's the first step. This is how I confront things to bring about change. The second thing I do is I don't hesitate. I, it's ASAP, as soon as possible. The minute you see a problem, don't wait. Don't let it linger because the more they do it, they think they're doing it right. And the longer you let them do it, the more they realize this is the habit. It's going to be harder to break the habit than it is to deal with something right away. So you're going to have to, it's going to be on purpose, intentional, with great strategy. I do it now. I do it in private and I do it now. I don't wait a week. I don't wait two weeks. I don't wait a day. Now, if you gotta, if you got to get a grip on you and get your attitude and your emotions in check, then you might need to wait 24 hours. But no more than 20. It's got to be as soon as possible. Here's the third thing about confrontation. Here's what you have to realize. Whatever that problem is, I'll go back to my, my team, setting up chairs and aisle dividers in our church. You know, as you go to services and you're growing, you got to get people in. You can't have a ton of open spaces. And so it's kind of pushing people forward is we didn't go in and talk about things like you always do it this way. You've never done it. See, here's the third. The third thing is don't rehash anything other than that issue. Don't talk about what other assignments. Don't talk about other tasks. Deal with the single issue at hand. Keep the words never and always out of your conversation. This is don't don't rehash anything else. Deal with the problem. Deal, mine was, hey, line dividers. This is how we want them. This is why we want them. This is where we want them. This is where you get them from. We don't want to do it this way. And go back in the next week, guess what? They, they're back to where they were. I said, I don't know why we're still looking at line dividers. You have the resources. You, you understand. You've been trained, right? This isn't personal, but it's a line divider situation. You got to fix it. Watch. It, this confronting something took more than two or three times, just so you know. It, it doesn't happen overnight. So you got to be willing to do it this way. But first, you got to do it in private. You got to do it as soon as possible, and you can't rehash anything else. I never talked about parking lot. I didn't talk about the foyer. I didn't talk about bathrooms. It was simply where the line dividers go. How do you do them? Where, when do we do them this way? Why do we do them this way? We don't talk about anything else. We deal with the problem, and we don't always. We never use the word never, and we never use the word always. We don't always use never, and we don't always use always. We never use always and never. <laughs> That's how we, we want to deal with it. So the, the fourth one is, uh, is we don't have or kind of like, but we only deal with that issue. So we deal with the line dividers. If they want to say something else, we stop them. Right. And we deal with the simple issue at, at hand. The fifth one is watch leave sarcasm at the door. I, I, I'm going to let that marinate for just a minute. Leave sarcasm at the door. And many times as leaders, we want to be sarcastic. We want to make it feel like and, and, and in our minds, it's like I've told you over and over. That's that's sarcasm. You know, how many times I got to tell you that sarcasm, leave it at the door. Treat the person with the utmost respect the way they want to be treated and leave sarcasm at the door. This is how you confront things for great success and to find more progress in your business and your church or all of the, these other these other entities that you have the, the uh, in, that you're dealing with in leadership, your teams and things. So we have number one, always, always in private. Number two, never hesitate. Do it as soon as possible. Three, don't hash about, rehash about anything else. Leave the words always and never out of the conversation. Deal with simply the issue. Five, leave sarcasm at the door. Be, be adult, be a mature about it, deal with it, and leave the sarcasm out. 
Don't act like you, everybody knows what you know. Leave it out the door. Keep that out. Number six, watch this. Never apologize for the confrontation. Never say, man, I'm sorry I got to talk to you about this. Man, I'm sorry I got to bring this up. I'm, do not apologize for confrontation. The fact that as a leader we apologize that we have to confront, it makes it look like we've done something wrong. Now, we apologize if we didn't train them. We apologize if we didn't give them the uh, resources. We apologize if we don't treat them with utmost respect. We apologize for those things. But we never apologize for needing to bring confrontation. Never apologize for it. And most leaders have a hard time because they're afraid of confrontation is why they always say, listen, I'm sorry I got to bring this to your attention. I'm not. I'm not sorry that I got to bring it to your attention. I have to go through the process. Do you have everything you need? Okay, and if you do, here's why we're confronting this situation. If you don't have everything you need, I'm going to apologize that I didn't give you the things, but we still got to deal with the problem because we're finding down the road that problem could destroy our business. It could destroy our church. It could destroy people's lives. And we got to realize we never apologize. And the last one is, here's the seventh point. Uh, You got to leave the meeting with that individual and acknowledge how grateful you are for them. You got to acknowledge how grateful that they've done so many other things. You got what what good they've done. That they are actually stepping up to the plate. That they're taking the the responsibility off of you as the leader. You got to leave them with some praise because confrontation can be hard. Confrontation will rub you the wrong way. It'll it'll create friction in your life. And when you say thank you for what you're doing, thank you for how you are handling situation. Thank you for giving me your time and energy and effort. Thank you for sticking with me. Thank you for helping me. When you start thanking people, they'll take that confrontation as if it was a it was a piece of cake because they now know that you really uh, love them and are very appreciative for them and their efforts and what you're doing. Especially if they're a volunteer, you can never walk. You can never overthink somebody that's a volunteer. Do that more often. Look, there's a few things. Remember, did you give them the training? Do they understand it? Do they comprehend it, right? In that understanding, do you have you provided those resources? Hey, treat them with the utmost respect. Do not leave them as if they're just a dog or just an employee. Treat them with the utmost respect and set some parameters that it's not personal. But we got to deal with the problem for the success of what we both are given our time for. Hey, I hope today this content helped you. I hope you'll take these things. I hope you'll do things in private. You'll do them as soon as possible. You'll deal with the issue. You'll leave never and always at the door. You'll leave sarcasm at the door. Man, you will never apologize for confrontation. Watch, and you'll leave the meeting with them feeling like they are the rock star employee or the rock star team member that they really are because they're helping you get things done. Hey, I'm Terry Linscott. I'm the host of of today's podcast, the Anointed Leadership Podcast. Thanks for joining me. And once again, you can find me uh, on on any platform of this. You can find me on Facebook, on the YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe buttons. Give me a, a comment. Hit the share button. Uh, give me some stars. Whatever you feel like doing it. I really appreciate it. And until next week, I call you blessed and go in God. Connect with Terry on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts to help this message reach more people so together we can create anointed leaders all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time. We're believing God with you and for you that whatever you put your hand to will prosper in Jesus' name.